Um, if you are new, uh, this is our college staff. We have tons of people that help. Uh, but my name is Rob, if I have not met you. Megan, if you'll raise your hand. Um, and then Ariel, right down here, uh, Ariel. And so um, if you need anything, uh, or uh, if you see them like calling you or trying to uh, befriend you or hang out with you, that's who they are. You're like, who are these people? Um, and so just wanna make sure that, uh, that you know them. Um, and so uh, what we are studying this semester uh, on Sunday and then on, uh, during the week is Jesus' parables. And so what we want to know uh, when we study Jesus' parables is, what does he want us to see? So, so often as we uh, are in life, uh, we are really distracted, got lots of stuff going on. And a lot of times when we are trying to follow his teaching, right, he, uh, he needs to uh, give us a perspective uh, at all occasions. So the parables are a great way for us uh, to focus on really what he uh, wants to teach us. Okay. So today uh, we're going to be in Luke 15. Um, so as you're finish up your food, want to grab some dessert, some coffee, what have you, if you'll uh, open your Bibles uh, to Luke 15. And while you're doing that, I have a question for you. So this is uh, some technology. We'll see how it works. We'll try it again. So this is a technology called Poll Everywhere. Um, you go to the website, and then it'll give you like an ID, and it's rnichols, 077 Nichols is my last name. Um, and if you have an answer for that, basically just punch it in. And if the technology works, it will show up on the screen, okay? Uh, it may not work, uh, just because technology is so fun. But anyway, uh, so, uh, so how would you answer that question? What is something that you have lost before that was really important to you uh, that you found again after searching for it? All right, let me, uh, let me pray for us, and uh, we'll get started. Uh, Lord, we thank you uh, just for being able to gather for fellowship and for food. Uh, there's something about being able uh, just to sit down for a meal together and talk openly um, say who we are, where we're from, uh, what we did this summer. Um, but Lord, I pray that you would um, just bless our time together in the short time that we look at your word. Uh, Father, I pray that you would teach us. Lord, that you would open our hearts to your heart and that you would open our eyes uh, to what you see all around us. And so this morning, we want to be taught by you. And so Holy Spirit, would you speak through us through your scripture and Father, help us have um, a time of learning. And we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. So I love um, uh, being able to ask questions like this because we can see kind of such a diversity, right, of answers. But what we see in each of those things of different uh, prices, we'll say, right, <laughs> um, that each of us probably remembers, and if you didn't write anything up there, each of us remembers that there was, there was something that maybe I didn't even know I valued until it was lost, right? that it was, um, that there are things that are really important to us. And I want us to keep that in mind as we look at um, our scripture today. So if you have your Bibles, uh, if you would turn to Luke 15, 1 through 10. And we're going to look at um, two parables, but they're very similar uh, in nature. Um, and it's the lost sheep and the lost coin. And so I'll have the scripture up here, but if you want to read along in your Bible. And if you have your back to me, feel free to turn your chair around. Uh, you can grab your muffin, you know. Uh, as you need. So let's read together. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to him to listen. Both the Pharisees and the scribes began to grumble, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable, saying, What man among you, if he has a hundred sheep and has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open pasture and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? 
When he has found it, he lays it on its shoulders, rejoicing. And when he come home, comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to him, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep, which was lost. I tell you that in the same way there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, if she has ten silver coins and loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin which I had lost. In the same way I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels over one sinner who repents. And so what's at stake here, right, is that people, um, is that people uh, don't like that Jesus cares about everyone. And as we look at the scripture, I want to examine our hearts, right, our biases, right, our struggles with uh, the people around us, and I anticipate that we will see ourselves in one of the two groups addressed, but also I hope that we see ourselves as those that are lost that Jesus is looking for, but also ones that want God's heart, right? As we see him, look for those uh, that are missing. So let's look at this first, uh, the first couple of verses here. Now it sets up this scene about uh, who is listening. It says, all now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to him to listen. And then it says, but there was also Pharisees and scribes, right? Both of these groups are listening. One is drawing close and is being attentive, and the other is grumbling about what is being seen, right? Or what is being said, or to whom it is being seen. And so we see these two groups of people, and I want you to think about, so what group am I in? How do I see myself? Now, are you, what are the times when you grumble? So I want you to kick this around your tables real quick. What, when are you most likely, right, to have a snide comment? <laughs> when are you most likely to not like what is happening? Okay, so take that, uh, kick that around your table. I want to get in the mindset of the people that are griping about others what, uh, what is our attitude when we are griping? All right, uh, kick that around your table for just a second. All right, what, did, what, were, what, were, some, uh, what were some answers that people give? Why do we grumble? Why do you grumble specifically? Eli, what you got? Okay, so if you're, if you're tired, if you're not in the mood, right, we can grumble. All right, back table. Yeah, so when you're hangry or just angry? angry. A? Angry. Okay. Yes, absolutely. When we're angry. All right. How about back here? Okay. We're taking advantage of. How about back here? Excessive pride. Okay, excessive pride. All right. Being tired. Yeah, being tired. Sure, sure. All right, one more. What you guys got? Interesting. So do you have times like people can come over and... <laughs> so um, it sounds like what we, um, that we have, the times that we grumble are when we, right, uh, are affected, right? There's lots of eyes in there that, that we are, are um, our focus is on ourself. As so I want you to see in the first verse we have 
the two people very descriptive here. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near him to listen to him, right? They recognized, right, Jesus's authority and they wanted, right, to hear from him. Now how often in our day do we not want to be interrupted, right? We have our own agenda, right? We have our own stuff going on. And so uh, this is where we want to, uh, that where we get angry because I've got, right, a goal in mind that's being hindered. Both the, uh, in verse 2, he says, both the Pharisee and the scribes begin to grumble, saying this, that this man receives sinners uh, and, ta- and eats with them. So their issue, right, was with the people that they are associated with. Are there people that exist in the world that you are uncomfortable with? <laughs> right? And this comes at the heart of kind of who we are and what we like, because we're all happy-go-lucky until we see whatever that population of people is, right? Whether they're SoundCloud rappers that we share. Uh, uh, hey, I, I love all rappers, but not when they're right next to me. Or, hey, I have compassion on them except when they're standing in front of me. Or I'm good with them until I have to, right, respond. As as we see this man receives sinners and eats with them, they're mad. Jesus laments, right, that their discomfort, right, with people that they don't like, people that are not like them. Whatever that looks like for you, right, we have a category for that. And so we see that there's a discomfort. So let's look at the next uh, two verses here. And so he tells them a parable. Hey, you guys are, I see that you guys are uncomfortable with where my heart is and who my heart is for. Let me tell you a story and let's highlight, right, what's going on in our hearts. And so he told them this parable. Verse 4, what man among you, if he has a hundred sheep and has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open pasture and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? What man among you? And so he asked this question, if he has, and he has this, this bit of ownership, has lost one of them. So when we look at, if we were to look at that screen before and all the things that you lost and we're really excited that you found, the thing that would be common to all of them is they're yours, right? You saw them as yours. And when I lose something that is mine, right, that I have uh, put investment into of time, money, resources, or right? That's something that I want to care for, like my cousin or my girlfriend, right? I'm hoping that y'all were upset (laughs) that you lost those things, right? That those things are special to me. And so typically when we are faced with grumbling or something that we don't like, we don't have the attitude that it is mine, right? That it is something basically that's not mine, that is not something that I want to deal with. And the Pharisees and the scribes had this. He's like, how, what is he doing? Why is he dealing with people that I would never deal with? Why would he do that? Have you ever been out and seen someone be compassionate towards someone that you would not show compassion to and feel a lot of guilt? Yes? Because we're faced with this same dilemma, that we're faced with kind of our hardness of heart and how much we value, right, our comfort, and what our stuff is. If he has a hundred sheep and lost one of them, does he not leave the 99 and go to the pasture? So it's talking about this bit of ownership. 
So when we take these two passages, not only, right, is he dealing with our discomfort, right, with the least of these or people we don't like, he's also reminding, uh, giving us this link between spending time with those that are far from God, right, and uh, spending the times that are far from God or with, uh, with those that no one else will. And so as we seek to see, like, what that means for people, Jesus sees that link. And so here's uh, one more thing I want you guys to talk about. Why is it so, uh, why is it so hard for us to see that, that our time matters to people? Why is it so hard for us to understand that our time matters to people? So kick that around your table real quick. Why is it hard to see that our time matters to people? All right, so a couple people that uh, didn't get to share last time. How about, how about this table here? Why do we feel so uncomfortable with that idea? What do you think? Okay. Yeah, right? Like we, if we drew, any, uh, if we drew kind of a, a bubble figure, see Baymax, anybody? Uh, Big Hero 6 reference? See Baymax, like a big bubble guy, and we filled in. Uh, we drew him in about how much uh, time that we spend on ourselves and our stuff, right? There's not a whole lot of room for other people, right? So there's, there's selfishness. What else? Why else do we struggle with spending time with other people or seeing the connection between time spent and change? How about back here? Selfishness? All right, anybody say anything different? <laughs> different okay, different agendas. Right, like what their need, right, it's not on my agenda. I've got my own agenda. I think that's helpful. Okay. So, but he links those two things. And so as we, uh, as we talked about last week being the light, that we have to understand, right, that we are the only light there is. And so just as Jesus is sitting there talking to the sinners, uh, uh, the sinners and eating with them and the tax collectors, who else is going to eat with those people? As the Pharisees grumble and look at him, he's actually with them, right? And so he's trying to help us understand not only is our, are their hearts in the wrong place, but we're still missing, right, that those people aren't getting the relationship that they need. And so we can feel bad about it, but it still doesn't change the fact of what needs to happen, that he's linking, right, relationship with Jesus, right, and change life. So this last part, he then, in verse 3, he's talking about, For man among you, if he has a lost sheep, a hundred sheep and has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine to go to the open pasture to find it. Right? He cares about what he's looking for. And then he goes on in verse 5, And when he has found it, he lays it on its shoulder, rejoicing. In that list, when you found that thing, did you tell somebody about it? Were you excited? Were you happy that that thing that was lost is now found? Is it hard for us in this country to be excited about things that matter? Right, I see people getting excited about when the new TV show is coming out. <laughs> right? Uh, this, con- this person, this concert is coming to town, right? We get excited about things, right, that we enjoy and I'm going to have a good time at. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right, but when is the last time we got excited, right, for some- that somebody's life was changed? And right, and that I'm a part or can play a part in that, 
Have you ever had that experience at, uh, if you went on a mission trip or you helped out with like some kind of clinic where you're helping somebody learn to do something that they'd never been able to do before? That there was this sense of overwhelming joy. And, and I don't know how hard this is to, to say, but this is what Jesus is talking about, that unless we go to the people that need us, the joy that he wants us to have, we won't have. Does anyone in here want more joy in their life? Not just happiness or circumstantial. Uh, you can, nobody? Nobody wants more joy? Yes? So in, in, talking, uh, in talking about his heart, he's trying to tell us the joy, that, the joy that we have or the joy that he wants us to have is given, uh, is gotten in this way. When he found it, he laid it on its shoulders rejoicing. Right, and so he's also rejoicing in the fact, right, of being in the life, of being able to turn that life around and be intimately involved. We're not like lobbing, right, a grenade of niceness and being able to walk away, right, or we throw something to somebody that's helpful, right, that he is not, uh, you know, throwing something over the fence and hoping it does good, right? He is in the trenches with people. Have you had people in your life that have been in the trenches with you? And what did that mean to you? Times when you couldn't get up that they, uh, metaphorically speaking, put you around uh, their neck and walked with you back to safety. What did that mean to you? I'm anticipating that it means everything. As we think about those people in our lives that have gone the extra mile, right, that have loved us like that. And Jesus is talking, and these Pharisees probably have seen this too, but he's talking to them, reminding them, how dare you grumble at the people that I love? How dare you not care? It's like, because if I'm not with them, who else is with them? You're not with them. Why are you, why are you grumbling at me because I'm spending time with them? These are the people that need my time. And not only that, when he comes in, he wants everyone else to share in his joy. Do you guys do that? When's the last time you were so excited, you were so happy that you wanted others to celebrate with you? Can you think of a time? It was probably one of the better times in your life. I got into the school that I wanted to, right? Hey, that person asked me out. <laughs> right, I got that thing I wanted for Christmas. Come over, let's, let's play with it. Right, this is a a normal human emotion, and yet over and over again, right, we put it on things and not people. And, and God wants us to see his heart because we don't see this, that his primacy is on others. He gets excited when others have life change, right? That that's the thing that uh, God's heart is for. It goes down to verse 7, I tell you that in the same way there'll be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who need no repentance. See, Jesus has a heart for lost things because those lost things are his. Jesus has a heart for you, right? Because he sees you as his. We have an easy time uh, having great compassion for lost things that we're not biased towards, right? A stray dog, if we like dogs, right? A small child, Right, things that we think are young, innocent, safe, and cute. 
But as the sinners are not grumbling that he's playing with puppies, right? They're, they're grumbling because he's spending time with people that are not young, innocent, safe, and cute. I want you to turn with me real quick to Exodus 9, 19, 4 through 6. And let's remind us uh, real quick about what he says uh, about us in regards to um, uh, possessing. Right, as we look back at our list, right, we've got a lot of mys on here. And any of the ones that we don't have, we can add, uh, put it there, my toilet paper, my AirPods, my necklace. Right, that all the things they have in common is the things are mine. And so as we look at Exodus 19, 4 through 6, I want to remind you that what he thinks of you. And so this is a really seminal passage. If you've never read it before or ever seen it, I really encourage you, if you have a, a Bible app, to highlight it. If you have a Bible, to circle it, to underline it. This is really, uh, this is, um, really important. And he says this, and this is what he declares to the people of Israel before he gives them uh, the covenant, or what you most notably call it the Ten Commandments. And he says this in verse 4, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians, how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. He's reminding them, and I want you to remind you, I want you to think right now, wherever you are in your relationship with Christ, I want you to think of the things that Jesus has done for you. This is what he wants you to think of. Rob, remember that time when you were by yourself and your life didn't make any sense and you were struggling and I sent people in your life to tell you the gospel? Remember that you didn't deserve it? You didn't do anything to merit it? But I loved you enough, right, that I came into that situation. And as it says, I bore you up on eagle's wings and I brought you to myself through so many means. And in verse 5, he says, Now then, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be my own possession among all the peoples. Right, he's talking about ownership, but he wants you to understand that he thinks that my, the whole world is special, but that you're most special. Like his heart is for you. That if you go missing, he's coming after you. And he's not going to stop until he finds you. And so if that is God's heart for us, right, then that is, gives us a little insight in what his heart is for others. And so how we respond to that, we shall see. So let's jump off and finish off our, our passage here and. um So Luke 5, uh, 15, 8 through 10. So this is the end of our passage. And so as he says the, the first part, he then goes, tells uh, another story. Or what woman, if she has ten silver coins and loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together, saying, Rejoice, for I have found the coin which I had lost. In the same way, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. So I want you to, to leave you with kind of three ideas as we struggle with this. I know this is hard because a lot of times, right, if, if we're not the lost ones, like, who cares? Right, and that is what Jesus is trying to get us to see, like, he cares. <laughs> There's maybe a time when no one cared that you were lost except him. 
And he wants us to feel the same for others, that as we walk in this world that we see people. And the only way to see people is see them as he sees them. And so I want to talk to you about just three things as we close here. Application number one, God's heart is not changing. And he wants me and you to have the same compassion for people. How many of you have, have had compassion fatigue before? <laughs> right, that there are too many people that need too much help, and so I'm overwhelmed and I don't know what to do. I think this is common, particularly over the last couple of years. You're like, I'm fatigued because I need that help, and I don't know how to help myself. And so, but it doesn't change, right, what God's heart is. And God's not like, God's not going to get over lost people. He's not going to get over you, and he's not going to get over others, right, next week. All right, don't we sometimes wait for, wait for people to like, oh, they'll forget. Oh, it's not that big a deal. Oh, they'll be on to something next week. God doesn't get over this. He'll never get over you. And so God's heart not changed, and he wants you and me to have the same compassion for people. He receives sinners, and he even eats with them. Are we prepared to be open, right, to loving people in the way that he did? And it's not far off, right, and circumstantial, but it's up close and personal. Right, he was motivated because of his attitude towards people. He wants people to repent really, really badly. The second thing I want us to see is God is going to be with sinners whether you want him to or not. Are there people in your life, you're like, hey, all these people, they can have Jesus all day long, but not them. Right? They've done things to me. They've done things to other people. I can't, uh, this is Jonah's uh, dilemma, if you've ever uh, read the prophet Jonah. Jonah did not want the Ninevites to, have, to receive mercy. There are people in your life that you do not want to receive mercy. Amen? But we need to understand that God is going to be with sinners whether you want him to or not. And he wants you to join him and speak to others about them doing it too. That, that all of us need to see God's heart. That all of us need to understand uh, that that, uh, that is not changing. That he wants sinners to repent. And that includes us. And then lastly, that wants to remember that God rejoices when you came home and he rejoiced. Uh, if that is you, if you have come home to Christ, if he is a part of your life in the way that he means to be as your Lord, and that he is excited when you came home, and so we need to remember that, that I need to be excited, right, and motivated for others. As I think about what he's done for me, that stirs in my heart that I, all I want to do as somebody will give me the opportunity is tell him what he's done for me because it, matter, it matters that much to me. Does it matter that much to you? And the last thing, if you have not come home to him, he's waiting to rejoice with you when you do. I think that should be exciting for us. Can you imagine somebody telling you, you're not where you're supposed to be yet, but I'm so excited for you to be where I want you to be? That I know that you can do it, that I know that this is home for you? And so as, a, um, so as we close, I just wanna, uh, want you to, um, 
to debrief a little bit. And so uh, when we have lunch, it's important to me that as I uh, speak to you that this is interactive. That's why I ask you to talk with each other. It's also a point of like, hey, we, we are, um, a lot of times we're uncomfortable with people, right, that we don't know. And God wants us to get over that. And so uh, if you'll forgive me, this is on purpose, like making you talk <laughs> to one another. But the second thing, as we sit and we read our Bible or we sit and hear a sermon or we sit in a lesson like this, that so often we're like, God's speaking to me a lot, but uh, or I'll write it down and then I never look at it again or I don't kind of talk out loud about what about what he's speaking to me or what I'm struggling with or or uh, how that impacted me. And so that is another something I want you to value. And so as we close, this is the simple question, right? What do you think about what I just said? Right? What do you think about uh, this parable and what Jesus is trying to teach us? And so there's lots of responses to that. Um, but I want you right, to just spend a minute assuming that God has something to say and you have something to say. So just take five minutes. I'll close us and then we'll be dismissed. Right? What do you think about that? All right. Um, so to close, um, I appreciate y'all uh, digging in as, as best you can as far as just sharing um, just your thoughts. And so thank you guys for doing that. And as we close, I want uh, just a one more challenge, and this is just as much to myself. If in a year from now uh, we were in the same room and I put up the same question, okay, but I changed a little bit, um, who is somebody that was lost before that was really important to you that you found that were found after searching for them? And I ask you to uh, not put things that you've lost, but people that have been found. And you started putting in Matt and Chloe, right? Jennifer, Rob, right? That we filled up the screen Right with people that we have seen, that we have prayed for, uh, and that we have moved close to, right, and that God has used us, right, just being faithful to bring them to Himself. And so, I want to challenge you, right, that that would mean that our heart has been changed because it's not we're not going to be perfect going to somebody. You're not going to be amazing when you go talk to your roommate or your best friend about about Jesus, but. Um, but some of our, we were sharing this before, right, that, that, that uh, I'm, I know the Lord now because someone had an awkward conversation with me. And you don't have to be eloquent. And, he, uh, and when you're eloquent, it probably is not going well. <laughs> but when they see how much you care for them and how much, uh, what, who Jesus is to you, right, and that the, uh, God promises that the Holy Spirit, right, is active in just your conversation. And so that is my challenge and my hope, right, that we would be joyful, right, over the next year as we begin to do this. If you just do this once, right, that is one more person than that you have done that to before. And so let me uh, close this in prayer. Father, I am a grumbler of the highest order. Father, that when um, I have my own agenda, Father, and I have my own stuff going on, and it's not going real well. 
Lord, I have very little compassion for people. I have compassion fatigue because most of my time and energy and emotions are used up on myself. Father, but you, thank you for taking a minute with these people as they were spending time with you and you knew people behind you were grumbling and not understanding that you took the time and spoke to them about what your heart is, that we could understand and see what you want us to see. Father, that you love us regardless of how hard we are to love. And that you want us to love one another regardless of how, we, how hard we are to love. And so, Father, my prayer, prayer for us, Lord, is that we would pray for your heart. And that we would pray to see people as you see them. And we would pray that uh, we would come to understand that we are part, right, of your plan in loving others. That there's not someone else that's going to do it. Right, Father, you call me. And whoever else will listen, right, and respond that you call them to. And so, Father, I pray that as we uh, spend time uh, with one another, as we've done this morning uh, and uh, at the lake this afternoon, uh, Lord, that you would... Uh, Give us unity and Father and fellowship so that as we know each other, right, that we will know more intimately your heart for us. And we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.